This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is brought to you by Neverland Tea Salon. Would you like to have your adventure now? Or would you like to have your tea first? Plan your tea adventure today at NeverlandTeaSalon.com. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash podcast. Welcome to the YBR Screen Scene Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart to the Vancouver film and television industry, namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work. Capital T, capital W. I'm Sabrina Furminger, and today I welcome award-winning filmmaking duo Luna Ferguson and Florian Halbidal. Ah, Florian, I messed up the last name. Halbidal <laughs> to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. I'm just going to leave that in. I'm so sorry. I'll get it. I'll get it by the end. Okay. Luna and Florian are here today to discuss the short film Henry's Heart. Florian wrote it. They directed it together. Their previous film, Limina, in which a curious, gender-fluid child embarks on a path of kindness in a quaint village, was a hit on the film festival circuit, and Henry's Heart is doing the same. It's screening this month at the Vancouver Queer Film Festival. In Henry's Heart, a man named Henry awakens in an overgrown field and travels through a nostalgic reflection of his life by reliving moments of his past loves. Legendary actor Lauren Cardinal, who many people know from Corner Gas, but whose filmography extends much further than that, plays Henry at all stages of his life. Jen McLean Angus, Malcolm Sparrow Crawford, and Yukari Komatsu play Henry's loves. Henry's heart is haunting. It's beautiful. It's like a melody I can't get out of my head. In other words, I am H.O. In my humble opinion, Henry's Heart is a perfect short film. And today I invite Luna and Florian to tell us all about it. Luna, Florian, welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Thank you. Hello. Thank you for having us and thanks for that great introduction. Yes. Oh, I mangled you. your name. You know what it is when I overstress about pronunciation? Um, and I pra- like even if I put it phonetically, like I just it's self-sabotage. So I, I absolutely apologize. Um, <laughs> we are recording over Skype because pandemic. Um, and during the pandemic, I've been beginning all of these interviews, asking my guests from my heart, how are you? How are you doing? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for the generous words about Henry's heart. It really means a lot to us. Um, I, uh, you know, it's been, what are we in the fifth month of this, of this now? Um, it's, it's, it's a, like the 50th month or 50th it, week of March. Like it's still March. <laughs> it's just going on. Sometimes it feels like the time has gone by so quickly. Sometimes it feels like it's going slowly. It's just so strange, but, um, you know, we're all in this, in this together and in different ways. And it's such a, an important question to ask because, you know, um, so much of our filmmaking has been about 
connection and communication and, you know, love. And, and I, you know, been, I mean, for me, I've been trying to take care of myself through this, but I've also really made an effort to reach out to people more really, and just ask that question. And, um, because, you know, a lot of people are struggling in our industry and, and beyond. And, um, I think as artists, sometimes it's, it's tough because, you know, I think, uh, um, especially, um, actors, you know, have wanting to needing this, this sort of, um, outlet for creative expression and not really having it and sort of feeling for me, at least, um, blocked in some ways since all of this, um, and finding new ways to sort of release that. Um, so you don't get, you don't get sort of wound up in it and, and confused. Um, but, um, but yeah, I think, you know, one day at a time, really, mm-hmm. um, Florian has a bit of a different experience cause he was on a, um, on a big show, um, until we shut down. Yeah. Yeah. In March. But I think for me, it's been the same, you know, it's given us, we've never spent this much time together over the last 15 years since we've been together. So we've had a lot of time together. Um, and also trying to take it one day at a time, you know, it has been, you know, cause there's so much time I think for self reflexivity and things that we were thinking about. And, you know, we think about who we are and we think about, uh, what makes us who we are. And if we don't have a job that we all love to do and have been doing for a long time, it makes you wonder, you know, well, who am I, if not, if I'm not doing what I'm should be doing right now, you know? So I think, um, but also creatively, I think it's given a lot of time for, you know, mm-hmm. um, kind of exploring things and the things that you've always wanted to do. So, you know, you get to do things and kind of refocus and remember, the things that are most important. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's no, thank you for sh- both for sharing that. Like what I find interesting is that they're like at the end of this and who knows what the quote unquote end of this will look like because I don't even know, like it might just be, you know, they're, everybody's talking about the new normal and all that, but there will, there will be no aspect of art and like the the ecosystem of art that will be untouched. You know, both like the, the, the creators, you know, at all stages of production and film, and then also the audience, right? Like, you know, we've, we all have, like, there's, I think for a lot of people, it's reignited the hunger for the content. Yes, yes, yes. And also, I think, too, um, at first, the first few months, it was kind of a confusing time as artists. But, you know, as Florian said, we we've never had this much time together in 15 years of being together because we've just been on this sort of since we moved to Vancouver 11 years ago. It's been this kind of treadmill of like, you know, moving, taking one step, one step forward. And, and you know, so we haven't taken a moment to really sit and then reevaluate. Um, and we actually just um, shot a new short film um, a couple of weeks ago that's in post in L.A. now. Oh, cool. um, and it kind of relates to, yeah, like it's, it's, um, um, it relates to isolation and disconnection and, and trying to find each other, um, through, um, through communication, a different form of communication. So it's a really beautiful short film and we did it with 12 people and we developed a COVID safety plan in coordination with WorkSafe BC and UBCP. Um, so in so much as, it has been a very difficult time for so many people and it continues to be, and it has been for us and it has been for me in ways because I do 
struggle with depression. Um, it has also been very powerful um, creatively and the time, not only um, people hunger for content, but you know, artists hunger to create. And yes. it's a very um, unique time for that yeah. creation. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a relationship right there, right? Between, between the, the storyteller and the audience. Um, yeah. Let's yeah. talk about Henry. <laughs> I love Henry. Um, I've watched this film a few times. Uh, so Henry portrayed by Lauren Cardinal. Let's go back in time to that moment that this story ap appeared uh, mm. in in your lives and and you know where did it where did Henry come from and what was it about the story that made you want to dedicate your time and energy to bringing it to the screen? I think it started quite a while ago actually we were thinking about it because I um, have written all the shorts that we've done um, and you know sometimes you spend time developing ideas and it starts with a character or it can start with a character and it definitely did with this one but it was I think 2011 when it really started or you know and sometimes you spend a little bit more time on something or you decide oh this is what we should focus on but since 2011 we did you know we've shot actually whispers of life that mm -hmm. after and we shot limina after so there's other things that kind of came before then mm -hmm. and i think early on uh, lorraine has like a kind of treasure trove of scripts that you know he'll write and then he'll get it to a certain point and then he'll share something with me or ask him what, you know, what do you have that you're working on? And sometimes, you know, he's had drafts of scripts or stories from like 10 years ago, like Henry's Heart in its first iteration. Um, and other times, you know, it's just from within the last year, but he'll let things sit. And I think Henry's Heart was very much like one of the first Scripts. I think it was an early on script and it start it wasn't obviously the same story but Henry was always there at the time he was called Riley and it was called like Riley's room of memories and it was a uh, you know I think the idea about um, nostalgia was always a big part of it and I think always is a big part of how I um, think about creatively and in terms of story because I have such a like feeling of nostalgia for things, you know, like we all have things that we remember fondly. And so it, that's a big part, I think, in, in my story. So that's kind of what that came out of. And then also, I think after we had done Limina, which you mentioned was about a, a gender fluid child, um, I think we were hoping of kind of exploring maybe something that is a bit more reflective of my side of the story in terms of sexuality, I think. Because we had done with Whispers of Life, it was about, you know, gay teen suicide and about bullying and uh, <clears throat> suicide prevention. Suicide prevention, yeah. yeah. And then with Limina, I was a bit more, not like reflective of Luna's life, but, you know, kind of um, playing with the idea of gender and what does that look like and um, in that way. So Henry's heart was more of uh, maybe, you know, a bisexual or maybe more appropriate now pansexual look at love and um, that is reflected in how I live my life your identity. as yeah. yeah, kind of my identity. And so it kind of made sense that that was our next one yeah. to just go that way. And then, and it really just happened like it happened organically in that way, I think, because we both have academic backgrounds and it wasn't as if we were making a film to fit around a certain form of representation. But I think 
you know, it happened organically for us that the stories evolved in a way to that in hindsight kind of reflected um, our life experiences in ways, not exactly at all, but in, in ways not that, out of, out of that felt, but yeah. yeah, but that felt kind of, um, you know, um, holistic for us. So, um, and then, so it was Riley's room of memories. And then I think we didn't go back into it until I was aware that Florian had that script. Um, and I think I had the first time I'd read it was about four or five years ago. Um, but then we went back into it, I think in like early 2018, mm-hmm. um, and realized that there was this Henry, that the character of Riley, which became Henry was really the, the character was the story. And, um, and so as we started to work through it, Riley became Henry, um, and through the casting process, um, when we were casting with Candace Elzinga, which we were very fortunate to work with her friend of ours, and she's been very supportive. Um, and I, I just really appreciate her. Um, you know, working with her is always such a gift because the casting process really for, for directors and producers, it's important to always realize that you know, the character that you envision and you can have a clear idea of the character and you can have, you know, actors in mind, of course. Um, But that, you know, the casting director brings their own sort of unique perspectives and the casting process also opens up doors that you never really considered before and starts to flesh out characters in new ways that allows you to sort of think about them more cinematically um, and bringing the characters to life. So, for Henry, um, Henry would not exist without Lauren Cardinal mm-hmm. because, Can I just you know, say, you have done a wonderful segue into my next question. I'm like, <laughs> you're just like, I might even just sit back. I won't ask questions. I'll just let you two, <laughs> you two talk. Uh, and it's what I find amazing, though, because so you said Henry would not exist without Lauren Cardinal, because for many Canadians and in fact, people around the world, Lauren Cardinal is a funny guy like he's yeah. the he's he's comedy he's corner yeah. gas you know and yet i after seeing this film i can't imagine anybody else I in know. that role so yes why did you why did you want him for a henry's heart and what what was it about lauren that he that you know that he brought to henry that made him henry i think first of all i think people will like you said will be surprised to see him in this role because it is such a i think something that he hasn't done before or he's not known for so i'm glad that people get to see him in this light because he's just so good and he brought so much to it but um we had worked with lauren on limina he played one of the characters um one of the supporting like characters one of the supporting yeah. characters yeah and so we had worked with him before and and then i think it was during the discussions with candace that it came up and we thought oh we never really thought about it and we thought oh is lauren too young too well yeah and when we had worked with him previously it was it was just one of those exchanges and experiences where you know we had he was only there for the day we had to like get him back to the airport to go he had to fly out to another show and he was, we only had him for half the day um and but there was such a wonderful exchange between him and us um and he brought so much to the character um that we thought you know it just stuck with us and um 
and he was so intelligent um, about, you know, the character choices. And um, so he had all, so from that experience, he was really in our minds as almost like a muse in a way. Um, and um, um, a really sort of vibrant, creative force and energy. Um, and uh, like Florian said, you know, people may not know of him as a dramatic actor, but anyone who's seen him really act and has been in the casting room with him or has spent time with him, work, mm-hmm. there's just so much, um, you know, that he has in so many layers. Um, that, you know, we never sort of doubted that um, because Henry, of course, it's a, as you know, it's, you know, every scene, uh, Henry is in every scene. It's a, it's a lot of work for an actor and we shot over three days. And so Henry had always been an older um, character. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Florian wrote Henry originally when we started the casting process to be what, like, like 70s, almost 80s, I think. Late 70s, early 80s. Um, because so that was a big part of us thinking, oh, Lauren, he's like, he's so young. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you know, how does that work? And we were talking to him about it when we shared the script with him. Um, and so we kind of, um, because at that point we had already thought, okay, you know, he could be an option. Um, what can we do to make it work? So I think we were open enough to, um, you know, slightly, not even like massive changes, but just in ter- terms of our concept, because mm. we're dealing with time in the story and, you know, the life that this character has lived and um, how old is he at the beginning and at the end and what happens. And, and so there are all things that we were thinking of, well, does it make sense and can we play with it? So we, in our minds, conceptually, um, and even with our indigenous consultant, which we'll talk more about, I think um, Jules Kostashin, we kind of figured out ways of how we can shape it and make it work that even though he is not an 80 year old actor, um, he can play an elder um, character. Yeah, because the story is very much like about someone or was originally about someone in the later part of their life or almost at the end of their life. Um, But yeah, when Lauren came into the picture and we had considered um, kind of older actors um, in the casting process, but something about it just wasn't really working creatively. And I think we started to listen to that. And then we had a conversation with Lauren. We just called him one day and thought, like, what about this? What do you think about this? Like, and he said, oh, send me the script right away. And he got back to us within the hour and he said, oh, I, I just love it. And, um, and he, you know, he wanted, and he knew it was going to be challenging, but he, he loved that part of it. Yeah. He wanted to be um, challenged. He wanted to be challenged and, you know, the age part of it intrigued him. And, um, and so we were just like, for us from that moment on, nothing else made sense. And I think, you know, we were just so, like, um, impressed. And, I mean, shooting with him for those three days, I was just constantly kind of crying <laughs> behind the monitor because... I bet you were. I was going to ask you about that. Like, do you have boxes of tissue all around <laughs> you and stuff? <laughs> One moment, why? Because that was me watching this the, all yeah. those times. Yeah. But, but yeah. you know, so in three days, though... 
you you know you had you had Henry interacting or you had Lauren acting you know like in these in these scenes each of which is like it's like a painting um you know that are but and yet they're di- you know different but all part of the canvas they're all so emotionally you know rich and dense like was you're like okay we got our Henry and now we have to cast all these other people you know and you ended up like I mean <laughs> peek behind the curtain Jenna's like a dear friend of mine I think she one of our our community's most phenomenal I mean she, I think she's one of the best actresses in the country um yeah you know and so and you know I and and also um Yukari and Malcolm as well like t- tell me about the casting that you know those those actors and then what they brought to the yeah. to the screen I think for walker who malcolm plays we always knew um from early on that it would be an indigenous character yeah. Yeah. because the whole idea and what we wanted to do because he plays you know um for the kind of little segment or the memory in the korean war is we wanted to um speak to something that's often erased in our history and, you know, in North American history, um, which is that, you know, indigenous people fought in the wars wars, and they've served in the wars. And we kind of, you know, don't acknowledge or, you know, we forget that. So that was always an important Mm -hmm. part. Um, Because we, we, um, early on in the process, um, knowing that part of it and knowing that we wanted to, to write one of the characters in that way, we involved... Um, a, a really good friend of, of ours, Jules Kustachin, who's also um, an established filmmaker, award-winning filmmaker, um, documentary filmmaker. She's done a lot of work with CBC, and um, she's Cree from Attawapiskat. And, and so we worked with her early on um, to make sure that, you know, uh, that the representation that we were striving for would be authentic as possible and respectful and sensitive. And so... Um, for Walker, you know, we told Candace only, you know, we, we'd like to see like, you know, a range of indigenous, young indigenous actors in the city. And, um, it was a really wonderful process. We met a lot of, um, incredible actors, indigenous actors in the city, but Malcolm is from, is, um, Musqueam and, uh, he has, um, such a beautiful family. He's a rising. I know the family. Crawford, yes, and some of them work in the industry, and they're all like it's a it's a really like they're all beautiful people, and um and so you know when he he just carried forth this force and this heart and this sensitivity that we wanted for for Walker, mm-hmm. so um and then uh, Yukari Komatsu, also you know because the character is Japanese. And um, we wanted um, to, of course, only see Japanese um, actresses for that. And and uh, she was wonderful. Actually, Florian had worked with her on Man in the High Castle. Um, and yeah, so that was um, that was amazing. And she actually brought she she had conversations with her family and that she had never had about like bonsai to bring to the character. Um, and, and Malcolm did that too. He brought his own prop and based on his Musqueam heritage that we used in the film. And, um, and then Jen is so beautiful. And, um, she was actually in France when we cast her Mm -hmm. and came, had, and came, she was coming back and, um, 
I think she came to set the day after or the day she got back yeah, same to come out and just talk with us about the character shooting that weekend. And we had to get her fitted <laughs> because she's wearing this wedding dress. Oh, yes, dress. that's right. So she she came <laughs> while we were shooting. She said, oh, I just had to come. She came right from the airport. And we had her fitting yeah. like, outside there and yeah. we chatted with her. So she just came back in time. Yeah, she came right off the plane. We fit her in a wedding dress. We, you know... Talked about character. I had some references from my own life to share with her because um, I saw my grandmother a lot in her character. We actually named her character after my great grandmother. And um, so, yeah, the cast is really we so stellar. And like, you know, we're always so fortunate to work with, you know, some of the best actors and talent that that we have here in in Vancouver. I, I, I'm a little speechless right now because I just like I'm I'm just remembering the experience of my first time watching Henry's Heart and then like you know at the first minute goes by I'm like okay well they're not gonna beat that you know in the next shot you're like whoa they're they're not gonna beat this this is and there's just it's such a I can't I can't say enough about um, a, a well executed short film you know because I like I know like and there is a place for like proof of concepts and there's a place for you know short films that are meant to represent a feature film or like I see that but a short film that just like that just packs an emotional punch you know and it's just like a song like art like just like a like I I don't know I I'm not I can barely speak right now I just this film is just so it's just so beautiful um but I do actually have questions I'm not going to stammer for the for the rest of this interview That's wonderful, though. Thank you. <laughs> um so I want to talk a bit more I mean which you brought up about representation and the importance of representation and specifically um importance that you know that films like Henry's Heart and Limina can play in changing the narrative you know that's a lot of words that people use a lot is changing the narrative you know like what role I mean there's a lot of talk right now about representation diversity social justice a lot of people actually maybe for the first time like really taking hard looks at themselves and their organizations and taking actions what role do you think that you know that culture in general and that film in particular you know can play in quote-unquote changing the narrative well it's everything i think um it really is everything because um art is a is an um, agent of change and so um in really in all ways and i think because we um often consume art when we're in a relaxed state um, and we make a choice to consume art a lot of the time, we're open to the messages that we, we might receive from it. So, um, you know, early on, for me at least, um, I knew that I wanted to make films and be in film because, um, for me, it is really one of the most powerful mediums to, to tell a story that might have an impact on someone's life. And um, I think as our work started to evolve um, over the years and in the films that we've done, we started to think of that in a more expansive way um, and in a way that we, we don't necessarily have to focus on telling the story of, 
you know, um, like a queer man mm. like Henry. It's not the story. It's a part of the story. The character. Right? The character. Yeah. And I think that's where representation needs to go, you know, because um, so often it becomes the story when in life it's just a part of who we are. You know, um, the ways that make us different from one another um, um, are actually very similar when we boil it down because, you know, um, we are very similar. And um, so I think to, to make, to, to strive for representation that is more sort of um, emblematic of, um, of the reality that we live in rather than it always being um, uh, about it um, because then sometimes you fall into the trap of you know tropes mm -hmm. or not um, representing things authentically or not involving the right people and I think all of those things are important and involve and I am a huge advocate for if you're going to tell a story about a certain person, a type of person, a person with an identity, involve that person, get them in the room. I think Hollywood right now is really struggling with like in particular trans stories. And it's like, well, do you have a trans person in the room? Like if you're casting trans actors and you don't have trans people in the room to help you with that process, um, writing, directing, producing, whatever it is, then you're, it's going to be a challenge to tell those stories authentically as they are in reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, for Henry's heart, you know, it's such a universal theme, really like the theme and what it's about is love yeah. and everybody can connect to it, you know? Yeah. Um, and he has, the character has uh, a couple of love interests and memories that he remembers. One of them, you know, being, um, a cis woman and one of them being a cis man. So, you know, if we want to talk about it yet, yeah, you know, it's a queer story. Um, and Henry, um, I felt love for, you know, people of different, um, like, you no know, genders. Um, but at the end of the day, it's the love story that we all connect with. And I think also, you know, having the people in the room is important, but also I think from my side of things, because yes, I might be queer, but I'm a cis person, um, for me to be open um, to change and to be open to, because I wrote it with a specific, you know, character that I thought Henry would be. But then as soon as Lauren came into the picture and we thought, oh, we never realized, you know, we already had Walker as an indigenous person, but we thought, oh, Henry, we didn't even realize what or consider, what if he is also an indigenous actor and he's from the Cree nation. So all of a sudden, you know, for me as a writer, I have to be open to kind of going where it takes me and then to do it accurately to get the people in the room, like Luna was saying, to get Jules um, involved as early as we can with all of that aspect. Because all I can do in a way as a creator and as a writer, I kind of have to take a step back as much as I can. You know, I'm working with people, but there's people who know much more than I do in bringing the representation authentically and involving the right people. Yeah. I think that's important, you know, acknowledging sometimes that because we're so used to in the industry, like the director is sort of the singular voice or the producers have such strong, powerful voices is sort of stepping back and not only realizing our privilege as people and like 
um, the sub, the our identities and whatever they might be, but also the privilege that comes with these above the line positions sometimes, mm-hmm. and that we do have to sort of step back and listen more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you want audiences to carry in their hearts uh, once the credits are rolling on Henry's heart? For me, like it's going to sound like really like hippie, but I feel like I'm so proud of Henry Sorry, like the story that we told, because I feel like now more than ever, it's, it's such an important um, story and part of the sort of zeitgeist of where we are that we just need more peace and love, you know? And like so hippie, but I love it. It's so true. <laughs> <laughs> I want people to feel that. Yeah, it's hard. You know, I want people to feel that more. I just feel that, you know, the world is so divided and and people are so torn and we have responses of hate and or love. And but it's really all about, you know, love. And it sounds it does sound so hippie. But, you know, Henry's heart is really for me, like making movies. I love to make movies. And, you know, um, and I'm, or the new movie we've made, I'm I'm in it um, with my friend Laura Manel, and I play one of the characters. Yeah, um, so I love like being in movies too. But um, but I also think that movies are you know uh, such a vehicle for love, and so I want people to feel that as the end credits roll. I want people to feel you know, their heart warming and, you know, to feel that emotion. And, um, and I, you know, I hope that happens. I hope that it turns people a little more to the love, the potential for love that we all hold in our hearts, you know? And I think for me also, part of it is, you know, because at the end of the day, like in some ways, this is, you know, film and the work that we do, the work that a lot of people do in the industry in Vancouver here, it's a business, you know, and it always like people, when you're talking about representing or representation and getting the people in the room, you know, like there's a business part of it and that's a part of it. But I think what we all have to remember, yes, there is a business aspect to it, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, it is art. No, mm-hmm. what I was saying, you know, the, the people that we have involved um, and we've been very fortunate to work with crews from the industry in Vancouver. And we've always yeah. tried, you know, yeah. we've always thought with shorts, oh, you know, let's keep it to the limit. But I would say with Whispers of Life, Limbana and Henry's Heart, easily, it always happens that our shooting crew goes up to like 40 or 50 people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because, you know, as much as we try to keep it small, and all volunteers, just, you know, creative yeah. collaborators because they want to be a part of, of On weekends. And, you know, we've shot all three movies on weekends <laughs> because people work during the week. Yeah. Which is a testament, I think, to people wanting to be part of things that they connect with and they want to contribute to the art and they want to um, kind of take what they know and bring that at a heightened level. Um, so we've, you know... I think that's an important part of it because if... You watch our end credits of Henry's heart, you know, Henry, when the end credits roll, you'll realize that we have probably um, about 150 people in the end credits, whether it's thank yous because we did crowdfunding, we got a VCR council grant for it, all the companies that helped us, people, you know, in prep or donating equipment and and then production crew, you know, we we can't do these things alone. And I think it is um, 
a good example of, you know, the talent that exists in Vancouver um, in terms of crew, because I think people are often viewed as service um, service industry people, when in fact, there are so many people who are so talented and proficient at their various crafts. have a lot to offer. And have so much to offer. And I think that's been one of the beautiful experiences of doing this in Vancouver. Um, and, uh, but our recent film actually only has 12 people because of COVID restrictions. So that was a bit of a, a different experience for us, but similar in a way that, you know, we wouldn't have been able to do it without those 12 people. So, you know, um, it's good to acknowledge that as filmmakers, that even though we're making, you know, these are short films and, you know, we're developing bigger and longer like feature projects, but we wouldn't have been able to do these short films without without our collaborators mm -hmm. and without, you know, dozens and dozens of people. And, and I think hopefully Henry's Heart shows, you know, what can be done in that way. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. So Henry's Heart is screening at uh, this month's Vancouver Queer Film Festival. Um, before we let you go, uh, Luna, we will be giving away two copies of your book. Me, my, I don't know, I'm showing it to the camera. This is your book. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know you wrote a book? We're just um, so used to the camera, Serena. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. It's, I, I, I think I have, I'm just, like, I'm more, I don't know, like, worked up because I'm recording in my bedroom, and it's like, I just feel more <laughs> casual. Um, yes, we will be giving away two copies of your book, Me, Myself, They, to listeners. Uh, listeners can find information about that on our social media accounts. Is there any chance we'll see a version of Me, Myself, They on the big screen? <laughs> What a question. I know. Uh, <laughs> I, I saved it till the end. He's away. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know what the future. I, I, I can't predict the future, so we'll see. Um, but uh, but yeah, a lot of changes since that book was was written. Um, of course, my name being <laughs> one of the yeah. one of the more significant changes and uh, um, you know, so it in a way, it feels almost like a lifetime ago. Um, but is really a sort of chapter of, of my life and, um, and what has happened to, to help me get to, to where I am now. And, um, and that book also is really, you know, came from a place to go back to the whole love thing, came from a place of love and wanting, you know, hoping that people can love who they are more and love and sort of accept one another more. So you never know. Never I can't remember. say. You never know. Ooh, very, very coy. Well, I have loved. I don't know. That wasn't that. That wasn't that good a segue. But I have loved hosting you. <laughs> I have loved hosting you on the podcast today, Luna Ferguson, Florian Halbital. Thank you for having us. Wait, Thank did you I say your name correctly? It was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Halbital. Halbital. I. What is the wrong DM with me? Now at the end, that is scaring people too. I know it's overcomplicating it. Halbadel, Halbadel. Yeah. I just have to be casual about it. Like <laughs> <laughs> Luna Ferguson, Florin Halbadel. It has been just such an honor and a pleasure. How can our listeners find you, follow you, celebrate you, and your projects on the social media? 
They can follow us at, at Luna Ferguson and at Florian Hall Badel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'm at Luna M Ferguson on Twitter. Um, but, uh, and we also have a website, turbolakepictures.com. Um, and we actually, Henry's Heart just got, um, selected into the Reeling Chicago LGBTQ Film Festival on their 38th, um, annual festival. So that was, we're pretty happy about that. And, um, we'll see what is in store for Henry's Heart. And then we do have a new short called Circle starring me and Laura Minnell and, um, I, we're thinking a trailer will probably drop for that uh, early September. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm so excited. Okay, you let me know when it drops. I will retweet it out uh, to all of our listeners. Thank you both. Thank you to our listeners. Please like and subscribe if you are so inclined. It help us find more listeners. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at YVR Screen Scene. The YVR Screen Scene Podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, Sabrina Ferminger, and it's produced and edited by Simon Ferminger. Special thanks to Mariana Ferminger for recording our Patreon ad, and to Tyson Braddock and Paul Ferminger for technical support. Yes, we are a family business. We also thank Dane Devillet for the original music. YVR Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. And cut! There's a reason I've conducted dozens of interviews with Vancouver film and television stars at Neverland Tea Salon. Because it feels like home. Well, not my actual home but the home of my dreams. A place that's cozy and whimsical, where the music isn't too loud, the staff feels like old friends, and the menu is straight out of, well, Neverland. It's a home away from home for me. The team at Neverland Tea Salon has poured immense thought and love into every corner of their Kitsilano oasis. From the expansive selection of teas to the teacups suspended from the ceiling. They have a delicious and constantly changing menu of gluten-free, dairy-free, vegetarian and vegan options. Not to mention options packed with gluten and dairy too. And an adorable tea service for the little ones featuring fun treats like mini pizzas, bites of cookie dough and lots and lots of sprinkles. And for the grown-ups, there is a long, long list of tipsy teas for you to choose from. FYI, I usually order the gluten-free, dairy-free tea with Peter's Promise as my hot tea and a flute of bubbly. My favorite thing, and it's happened more than once, is after I've interviewed a local star at Neverland during the week. I pass by on the weekend and there that star is again, enjoying a high tea service in the window. Neverland is one of my favorite places on this planet. So if you live in the Lower Mainland or are planning a trip to Vancouver, well, as Peter Pan says, would you like to have your adventure now or would you like to have your tea first? Plan a tea adventure of your own at NeverlandTeaSalon.com. That's NeverlandTeaSalon.com.